Yeah, it's such a good day. Thank you, Lord, that we're in your house. These are your people. Awesome. Got a great message this morning. Andrew, I'm really blessed that you rang me Sunday afternoon last week and you said, I really feel that we need to do a miracle offering. He knew the situation of the house that we had $17,000 to cancel within two weeks. And he said, I think we can do it. I said, Andrew, I don't know. It's a night service. A lot of our good people are away. They're not there on Sunday night. He says, I just feel it in my spirit that we need to put it out there. And he did. And we raised about $7,000 last Sunday night. Amen. Now, this morning, I said to Andrew, I think we need to give the people the opportunity, the morning service, to do it. And he said, oh, I don't know, you know. I, and then he rang the back and said, yes, we do. We need to give the people in this morning service who not ordinarily are there at night, we need to give them opportunity. And so everyone that is giving to that and has given to that, I sincerely thank you and bless you for, for feeling uh, the burden of the church, uh, you know, financially. The church has a burden to stay alive, to do what it does through, uh, I guess, the responsibility of being good stewards towards the house towards God, in fact. He owns the whole shebang. He owns us. He, he, he created us. He gave us as, as these unique gifts of creation onto this planet. And he made the planet. He made the heavens and the earth. But he sent us here on this earth to glorify him. And Lord, we glorify you right now. We glorify you and say, God, it's all because of you that we take our next breath. It's all because of you that we can do this great work. And Lord, we thank you for the house. We thank you for the church that is alive and well. Even right now, Lord, your hand is upon it and your smile is upon this house and this people. I honestly feel the smile of heaven upon the church right now. People are saying it, that God is smiling upon this house. Look smart, church. Look smart. Don't be down. Don't be in your doldrums. Don't be depressed. Look smart. Have your gaze heavenward and say, God, how did I end up here? I don't know. Why am I so blessed? You are here. You are blessed. God is favoring you and you shall be blessed. Even unto the end of the year, God is going to reconcile people and bring them back online to their dreams and their visions. There's a dream that God wants to download to you. There's a vision that God has for you. Don't give up on that. Believe in yourself. Believe in God. Get yourself saved first if you're not saved. And then supernaturally, God will enhance and bless your life and prosper you. No end. Say no end. Lord, just say this, Lord, bless me. Anoint me now for a new day. Fresh anointing upon my life. Build me up in my most holy faith, Lord. You've given me faith. Faith to function by, live by, take ground by. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. And the saints say, and the saints say, can we just really give it up? Yeah, come on. It's so great to have one of our pioneers in the house, Bruce. Bruce is in the house. Bruce Edwards is in the house. Traveled from Lithgow all those years, several years. Traveled from Lithgow to our house. You can take a seat. God bless you. Just loved the house. Had an encounter with God in the house in 97. 90, uh, 97? That's right, 97, 98. 
1990. It's funny saying that, year 2000, okay. 97, 98, we were in the Cutler Drive School. Man, we were having some, oh man, we were having some time in God. We were in revival. God was heavily upon us and people were being saved en masse. 150 people were saved virtually in a year. 150 people were saved through that time. We were, in a, we were in a flurry of prayer and passion. God was on us. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just letting God move, and God was just totally blessing people. Salvations. We had a drug addict that came in through the, 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 the school auditorium, scratched herself, and she scratched her face. She was bleeding, and we were just about to allow a, a, a Salvation Army minister that was coming into the charismatic movement that we'd invited. He was on the front row, and we'd invited this man to come preach. And as I'm about to say, sir, would you, come, you know, and this lady comes screaming into the house, and we said, well, bring her in, you know, lay hands on the sick, and we'll deliver her or something. And they brought her onto the altar. We laid hands on her. And the poor minister is on the front row. He's just going, whoa, okay. <laughs> He'd never seen anything like it. We laid hands on her. And bang, she started to manifest spirit of addiction. And she started to sweat and wriggle and froth. And, and we're going, whoa, <laughs> okay. So about five minutes of that. And um, people just knew God was in the house. And so people started to come from all over, from Newcastle, Sydney, Lithgow. Bruce said, I don't know what's happening here, but I've got to have this. He'd already been through a move of God. He'd already had a bunch of God already. And, and he said, I don't know what it is, but I've just got to be in this house. I've got to be a part of this house. I've got to see what God's going to do in this house. And that's what he did for several years. He joined us in, on a mad adv- adventure, I guess, of just riding this huge wave of revival And then out of that, left with a faithful remnant. Then out of that, taking ground. We took 11 acres and out of that, we built a church. And out of that, we got sensible and started to do church where where I guess people wouldn't be, I guess, freaked out as much. But you know, you've got to have a little bit of the freak out. You, You can't keep it all safe. A lot of churches out there now, they've stop their places from speaking in tongues. Actually, the minister said, we don't want you speaking in tongues. We don't want you freaking people out. We're not going to lay hands on people because they fall over and they might manifest or they might get baptized in the Holy Ghost. We don't want that. We want to just teach principles and, and let people follow the principles of God and have a nice, clean life. And, and, but it's not by principles that we have an overcoming, ruling, reigning life. It's by a revelation of God and an intimacy in God. Is that right? And, and so it's not just getting your life like some, you know, some motivational speaker, just do this, do that, and everything's going to be fine. And because there's devils out there, there's devils in people, and there's a kingdom of darkness, there's a kingdom of light. And it's so much more than just being a principled person, although we are called to be living by the precepts and by the word and by the principles of God. Can I hear an amen? But it's by the power of the Holy Ghost, and it's by the power of the Spirit that God has said that he wants us to live by and live in. So this morning I want to say that my sermon is called Stay with the A Plan. And I was thinking about this (laughs) during the week when it dropped into my spirit as I was blazing the trails in the bush. Don't blaze the trails in the bush. Could start fires. 
But, but as I was walking, meandering through the bush and praying, God's speaking to me about some fundamental issues about the kingdom and Christianity and the people of God. And, and then he dropped into my spirit, stay with the A plan. And I said to Jules, I think I got a sermon. I didn't even have it, but I just had that title. Stay with the A plan. She said, that's it. That sounds good. And so that's my sermon's uh, title. Stay with the A plan. Isaiah 60 verse 1. We can do it. We can do it. Give me 30 minutes. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to you. Peoples will come to you. The community will come to the church. The community is going to come to the church. The peoples of this land are going to come to the house of God. Are you happy about that? And when they come into the house of God, hey, it's great to see you, Pete, in the house. Is it Peter? I've got a couple of Pete's in the house. There's Pete there. There's a Peter there. Do I have any more Peters? Your name's not Peter, is it? No, it's Luke. And from this day, Luke, I will call you Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Hang on, I might have got it wrong. Hang on. <laughs> hang on, hang on. And so, prophetically, God is saying to me, if you stand in God's A plan, you can write that down. This is what God's saying to me. If you stand in God's A plan, you will succeed. Your life, your family, your children, your church, your community, your nation can be saved, delivered, set free, transformed. But there's a warlord. Help me. I need strength. I need more faith. And the Lord would say to us, stand, my son, stand. Keep standing, arise, and I will strengthen you. I will anoint you for this day of glory is upon you. Remember I said, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So we talk about mankind being oppressed, depressed, like Gideon hiding out in a wine press. The Midianites are attacking the joint and he's hiding it's quivering, shaking, and an angel visits him and says, you are a mighty man of valor. You kidding? <laughs> Get lost. You're making too much noise. I'm serious. God has sent me. And you are to rise and shine for the glory of the Lord rises upon you to deliver your people. And I believe that's what God is saying to the men. Arise and shine. Be the man in your home. Be the man in your community, in your workplace, in your church. Be the man that stands and is counted for the day of reckoning is upon us. Come on, give him a hand right there. I'm not going to let you go to sleep this morning. Oh, no. You can look at God's word in Ephesians 6.10. And I know this talks about being clothed, but I like to think it's being clothed in your right mind. And it says, put on the armor, the full armor, Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on, you know how to get strong. You've got to get into the word. You've got to get into prayer. Is this Tuesday night our next prayer event? Event? Man, if you're not here to experience the C3 Tugra prayer event, you are missing out big time. 
Man, you should get here, man. I'm having a blast. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of an evil world of the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Someone had their sword stolen on Friday night, Candace. Someone literally had a sword stolen uh, on Friday night at the youth gathering. Could you imagine that? Where's my sword? Did you get it back? Did they they steal that? They steal that? Yeah, because it looks like... Yeah, I can see how they... Oh, great. What's in here? What's in here? Thousands. Oh. (laughs) Word of God. Those cheeky Christians. (laughs) They got the word of God to me. (laughs) I love that. Great. Come steal our Bibles. (laughs) Guys, you did well in handling the whole situation and uh, did well then it says pray in the spirit verse 18 pray in the spirit on all on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert be alert but say be alert be alert say be alert get a, get get a little bit of a spark in you be alert man i can't believe how people some people walk across the road they stand there the light goes it says walk and they don't even look left or right. And this is a main road. This is a full-blown main road where trucks, cement trucks, cars, Ferraris, Holdens, and they, they, they stand there, they look, and then they just go, <laughs> what is that? Man, I don't care if that thing says, well, I'm looking this way, I'm looking that way, I'm looking this way, I'm looking that way, I'm looking this way, I'm looking. <laughs> you know, some people are not alert. Some people are not alert. Come on. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray for the youth. Pray that the youth, that they don't get those shenanigans happen. We had four ex... Anyway, we won't go there. It's personal stuff. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were in the house and, and that, that's cool, but they shouldn't have been in the house because they were drunk. And so we don't allow drunk people to come into our youth group. So that's one of the... We need security. If you're a man, if you want to serve in the capacity of standing at the front we're going to begin to take names at the youth we're going to take names and and because this thing is just we're going to take names and if any young kids are drunk they're not allowed on the property they're they're not allowed on the property we don't mind people coming and visiting but they can't be drunk stoned they've got to come for the right reasons and the right intentions amen so pray for the youth group pray for your leaders pray for your church pray for each other Stay vigilant. Pray. Pray for the youth. They're exploding. They need more leaders, more security. And if you're a man in the house that can do that, that can stand at the helm of the church and protect these young people that are just loving God, Andrew's preaching his heart out. And I saw the Twitters. You must have done extremely well despite the circumstance. And, and you know what I mean? 
They need our prayers, guys. This thing is going to be compromised without prayer. We're going to be compromised. We need prayer. Your life is compromised without prayer. And the blame is with the men. The men have got to pray. Lift holy hands. 2 Timothy says, men, lift holy hands. That's the first time they've had no salvations too. So not only do we have some shenanigans, we had great numbers, but that's the first time. Because what it does, it scatters people's minds. You know, get imagine, we've just had an incident, the police were called, the police were called, and the salvations, no salvations for the first time. So come on, guys, let's pray. So look, let's look at God's plan from the very beginning. I call it this, from the garden to the church, from the garden to the church, from the very beginning. God's plan for mankind centered in the fact that God desired to have a personal relationship with man and vice versa. God never intended for us to have religion. Religion means, uh, religion means this, uh, a belief system or just some conviction you have. And see, deep-seated in, in the heart of, of mankind is a desire for God, is a desire for, for the kingdom, a, a divine connection. And over the, over the years, over the time and expanse of, of you know, the, the human race, they've concocted ways that have tried to find that uh, satisfaction or find that, that answer, find that divine connection in God through other means other than just having a relationship with God. So God never intended religion. Religion is actually not a good word for us because usually religion means it's a concoction of stuff we do, manufacture, a lot of man, a lot of flesh, and, and we try and reach something uh, of the supernatural. But Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way. You've got to believe unto me. So when you look at the A plan that was given, this is the first mission statement. Say mission statement. Genesis 1.26. Now I need to really motor on. Okay, 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule, have dominion over the fish of the sea. This is very important that you listen to this. This is a key statement. It's the A plan. It's the first mission statement. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule, have dominion, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Number one, man was made in the image, not referring to the physical likeness, but means the nature, the characteristics, the essence of who you are is godlike. Let me tell you that again. You're, you can be godlike. You're, you are basically made in the image, in the likeness of God, and you have the ability to be Christ-like. Say Christ-like. You've got to understand that you are royalty. You're not, you're not just, just some created matter. You are royalty made in the image of God. Colossians 2.7 says this, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanks, thanksfulness. Um, I love this. I don't know if you, you got a message Bible, Romans 8.29. It says, God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape, shape the lives of those who love Him along the same li- lines as the life of His Son. We see the original and intended shape 
of our lives there in him. I love that. Number two, let them have dominion is the other thing. This all comes from the original A plan, A plan um, mandate, uh, the mission statement. Uh, And number two, let them have dominion. What's dominion? Dominion is rulership. Let them have authority. Let them rule. Let them reign. So we've got to understand this as the A plan. We must establish the fact that man was prioritized to be the foundation of the human family. In fact, the foundation of society itself. Now, Miles Munro, who sat under the ministry of Miles Munro? I know you have, Chris, and some others. Miles Munro, the, the Bible teacher, the kingdom teacher, excellent stuff to understand the kingdom of God. If you're, if you're truly trying to understand what all this is about, you've got to go to the kingdom of God message. The kingdom of God message is best exemplified, I think, right now by a ministry, uh, by, by a man of God called Miles Munro. Miles Munro is, a, is an awesome uh, teacher of the kingdom. He says this, and I, and I take his take this stuff from his stuff and i gotta so i gotta speak to the man right now all right priority he says this the first thing in that garden when man was set down in the garden is this that god was saying there's a priority upon the man man was first man was first so the male was designed by god to be the foundation of the human family Woman came next to rest upon the man. The woman was created to come along next to rest upon the stability of the man. Do you remember that scripture in Matthew chapter 7? Jesus is telling a parable and he's talking about you cannot build, don't build on sand, you've got to build on the solid rock. Uh, Man should in fact just be like that, a solid rock in the family, in marriage, in the church. See, man is the foundation. Now, I'm going to get to the ladies. It's all right. We're not. But the ladies are actually able to stand on the stability of the men. And in society, a lot of our society is, should be, according to the Word of God, built upon the stability and the strength of the man. Who can say amen to that? So I know we're trying to get some equality happening here. We're trying to be politically correct in saying the women rock too. They're equal and they are equal. They're equal to us. But we have, we have a priority in God to be the ones that stand at the helm and be solid in God. That's called priority. All right. Foundation is measured by how much weight can be placed on it. Unless males arise and stand, the human race will fall over. We're seeing men groups arise all over the land. We're seeing men arising. Do you know how hard over the years it has been to have a, youth, a, a men conference? Ladies' conference go ballistic. Awesome. Youth conferences, ballistic. Men just won't even come. Forget it. Don't want to know about it. But this day, in this day, we're seeing men. There's a movement of men across the land, especially in our movement, where we're asking the men to arise. The second thing we can talk about man being put into this garden 
is position, refers to the environment and place in which the man is to carry out his purpose. Man's priority in creation not only means that he was designed to be the foundation of the human family, but also that he was the first to be positioned on earth according to God's purposes. He was the first to have a relationship with God, to experience God's creation, and to receive God's instruction. It was man that received the instruction. Don't eat from that tree. That, that tree is cool. Don't eat from that tree. Man received the commandment first, the instruction first. So he's in the garden. The garden is an environment which he was meant to carry out his purpose. He put man in the garden. It was a little piece of heaven. It was heaven on earth. It was divinely connected to heaven upon the earth was this garden. It was an environment just like Jilly and Andrew are going to put their little baby in the crib in that beautiful cot and in that $6,000 pram that they bought and, uh, and, and then the $5,000 crib and, uh, you know, and the house that they're going to build. God said to his man child, he said, I'm going to put you in an environment. You don't get a new baby and just put him out in the back room, although we did with Julie because we didn't have the room. We put her out in the back sunroom. We didn't have a bedroom. We only had two bedrooms and one was not usable we were in one and we said well where we put this kid and jilly uh, i don't know if that's what's wrong with her but she uh, <laughs> she ended up out in the back sunroom out in the little sunroom and then we realized that there was a big green python snake green uh, friendly apparently the neighbor told me the, the bushy the bushman who was an older generational guy i said i've got a big snake eight foot climbing up into the crevice of my uh, house. Can you come and get it? I know you've got a shotgun. No, he said, no, you don't want to touch them. They're good. Let them go up into the cavity of your house. They will chase out all the vermin, all the rats. And I said, no, can you get it out? No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It, 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 Gee gee whiz, you know. Did he really? I forget that part of the story. And... I know for a fact that God wants us to be in an environment, in a place of his presence, and especially as he decreed at the very start, he placed man in the garden. He positioned him in the garden. Man came first in the garden. He is. And that garden is virtually, we talk about, is the kingdom. The kingdom and and man... Uh, God said, I want you to cultivate it. I want you to look after it. I want you to have some leadership and be a visionary. I want you to look after it. And, and, and I want you to look after everything that's in that garden. I want you to be a protector. I want you to work the garden and provide. I want you to have a harvest. And everything in that garden, include your, include your helpmate, include everyone else, all the animals I want you to look after. And that's why he named them. And so I want you to look after all this garden I'm giving you. And as you look after it, I want you to spread the garden out. Because this garden was magnificent. It was pure. There was no sin, sin in it. It was, it was perfect. It was, the environment was so perfect for mankind to be in. God never wired man to live outside the presence of God. God wired man, you my friend, you, I'm pointing at the man, to live in the presence of God. Outside the presence of God, man is a wild beast. He's a wild beast. But in the presence of God, 
Man is anointed, authorized, deputized, ruling and reigning, taking charge of his family, taking charge. I'm not talking about lording it over them, but creating an environment, a home that rocks for God. And then we take that same authority into the church and the men dealt with the situation on Friday night. It was great to see our young men, Garth and Luke, dealing with that situation, dealing with the police, chasing the guys down. They followed them off the property and then the police met up with them down the road. I love that stuff. Who loves that stuff? Sweet intervention. No, our men are men. And those guys realize, my God, when they come here again, if they try and come back here again, they've got to come through the men. They've got to come through the men. Because the men are taking stock of this environment. This, this environment called the Garden of Eden, C3 Tugra, we got men protecting, preserving, cultivating the presence, making sure the presence is, making sure that the kids, that the youth, that the, that the girls, that the ladies, that the, everything is, is fine and dandy. Is that cool? Am I making sense? It's incumbent upon the man to do that. Who likes a man like that? You try and come near my kids, my church, my youth group, you've got to come through me, buddy. I'm calling you King Cain. position in his presence okay i'm getting there god never intended for adam to move from the garden god wanted adam to take the presence of the garden and spread it throughout the world this is what he meant in saying have dominion over the earth this is still god's purpose Isaiah 11 9 the earth will be full of the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea that's what's happening now more churches are springing up more glory. The, the schools are under the sway of the mighty glory of God. The marketplace, the, the businesses, the, the, the beaches, man. We're, we're prayer walking the beaches now. We're prayer walking the suburbs. The glory is beginning to stem the tide of darkness because man is saying, enough is enough, devil. You've come too far. We're banned, big brother. We're banned these other things that are... A, an abomination to God. And we're saying enough is enough. We're not taking any more of that. So the good news is, lady, ladies, is men are rising up in these days. If being in God's presence, that our minds and hearts can be renewed, we learn to walk in step with the Spirit, says in Galatians 5.25. Some men think that we don't need God when in fact He's the first thing we need. What was the first thing God gave to a to the man, was it a woman? Was it a job? Was it a command? No, it was the presence of God. It was, I love this stuff, don't you? It was the presence of God. Man is like a wild beast without the presence of God. Third thing is, so we've got the priority. He was first, okay. He's the foundation of the family. He's the foundation of society. He's the foundation of the church. He's the foundation then the position, he's in the garden, he's in the garden, he's in the presence of God. The third thing is assignment, means the function or task that the man has been given. The third thing that determines a man's purpose is his assignment, which was take care of the garden. 
Guys, take care of the C3 youth rocking on Friday nights. Take care of that garden, of that place of his presence. Great to see you young guys standing up. Jason running around, big flashlight, bigger than, bigger than him it was. I mean... And in that, we can look at being a visionary leader, being a teacher. Ephesians 5, 25, 28 talks about, again, the man cultivating the woman through the washing of the word. I'm finding now when I'm following Julie, she doesn't like to follow me on my bushwalks and she likes the beach walk. She'll come on my bushwalk bush when it's late in the day. And so she's not completely happy about it. She says it's cold, it's miserable. She likes the birds, but she'll, uh, she'll get there one day. Uh, she, she, we'll get her converted one day. But she said, no, look, I don't want to follow you. Uh, you follow me. And so I follow her. Like, I just follow her along. But I'm finding her now. I'm finding I just wash her and bless my wife because I'm praying for all this stuff that I'm going, oh, gee, I've prayed for everyone else. She's going to feel like she's missed out. So as I'm praying, doing my prayer walk, I'm praying for the youth and pray for you and pray for this and that and bless my wife. You just have to, otherwise you, you, you're a goner. And then bless my wife, bless her, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, uh, glory and anointing, heal her, bless her. So the Bible says in Ephesians 5.25 that we are to wash our wives in the word of God. You owe me, ladies, you owe me on that one. <laughs> the next thing that we are is cultivators to work the garden, work the garden, make it grow, fruitfulness, people, things, we are, it's incumbent on us as men to cultivate things, to see our children grow, to see our homes grow, to see our community grow, see our church grow, to see things grow to the glory of God. Amen. It's incumbent on us. What are we? In the assignment we've been given, we're leaders. We're visionaries. We have vision for our church. We have vision for our family. We have vision for our community. We have vision for our nation. Who's got vision for the nation? Or who's just happy to the way, I've got God, I'm happy. No, it's incumbent on us as men to have vision for this great south land of the Holy Spirit. It's incumbent incumbent upon us as men to be leaders, cultivators. Then the next one, providers. You were assigned to work. God himself worked. God said, we've got to work. There's no way out of it. If you don't work, you don't eat. If you don't work, you get no fruit. You get no harvest. If you don't work, it's just a shambles. Just a shambles. The most debilitating thing for a man, I know some men are not working here at the moment, but please find voluntary work. There's a great tractor out there. Got a farm line of 32 horse. Uh, hydraulic, uh, PTO, uh, man, you can drive, and we need people to drive that, but if you're not working, it's the most debilitating thing for a man not to work. Don't be languishing at home. Get on that tractor. Get, get somewhere somehow. Get into a voluntary position. F- get out there, out of your home, out of, out of your home, and work in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen on that? They're the six aspects of a man's assignment. God's aid plan was upset. We know that sin entered into the garden and he resorted to his B plan. But still God spoke through the prophets from the garden, the kingdom, from the garden, from the kingdom. The prophets spoke that one day the garden will arise. The kingdom again will arise. He will advance it through the mighty force of 
of people returning to the A plan. What's the A plan? It's His presence. Now I'm going to... I'm, I'm coming from the garden. Man has been kicked out of the garden, out of the presence. Now we've got religion. We've got the letter of the law. We've got the Moses. We got, we're in the Old Testament now. We're trying to appease God through the priests. We've got all these rules and regulations and sacrifices, and it's not good, but there's some great um, victories, but it's not because not everyone is empowered. Then Jeremiah says, well, first thing, Isaiah says, 9.6 uh, is this about the kingdom for us to... For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, meaning the kingdom will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of the government and peace, there will be no end. This means that the kingdom is coming, is upon us now, and it will increase, it will be released the releasing of the garden of the kingdom. It's happening. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Even as we speak, God's kingdom and His garden of His original intention, His A plan is beginning to cover the earth. The glory, the knowledge of the glory of God. And then of course we've got Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31 in 31, verse 30, uh, chapter 31, 31 says, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. So here we are, we're in the old covenant. But Jeremiah says, hang on, I'm downloading something from God. There's going to come a day of a new covenant, a new way of doing things. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And again, the prophet Ezekiel 36, 26 says, and I, this is one of my favorite scriptures about what happens to us when we give our life to Jesus and that he circumcises the heart and he comes to live in our heart, in our life by his spirit. It says, I will give you a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And then, of course, you can see, let's quickly uh, cut to the chase and go to the New Testament. And then you can see where God, Jesus, turns up on the scene. Emmanuel, God is with us. His presence is is with us. So the prophets of old said, there's coming a day when we're going to be in that garden again. We're going to be in, the, in that place where God's presence, where we can, each one of us can hear God. And of course, Jesus turns up in the New Testament and he says, this is the day. Here comes the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for my presence is at hand. If you want more of the presence Repent. If you want more of, your, more of the presence of God, be renewed in your mind. If you want more of the presence of God, have faith. If you want more of the presence of God, just believe. Just believe. So quickly, Phil, you haven't got much time left. Jesus says the A plan is to build your life on the rock of salvation. And that scripture I was talking about, the house built, built upon the sand on the rock, Matthew 7, 24, 27. All other religions are ways to God, a sinking sand, but my salvation is the only way. I am the way, the truth, the life. 
Jesus said, my aid plan is to build the church on the rock of Revelation, that I am the son of the living God, your king and savior. Matthew 16, verse 16, the gates of hell will try and prevail it, but it cannot prevail. I will give you the keys of the kingdom and you will bind and loose with authority. Let them rule over the earth. Take dominion authority. Bind and loose. See how important it is for the man to rise in kingdom authority, dominion authority. He said, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom and you're going to bind and you're loose. You're going to loose and you're going to bind. You're going to bind and you're going to loose. It's incumbent upon men to stand, to stand in authority and declare God's blessings over our family, over our community. Jesus said to the Pharisees, when the Pharisees were questioning Jesus about all these commandments, and they're virtually saying, what's the A plan then, Jesus? You reckon you got an A plan? He says, yeah, I got an A plan. It's, it's this, the greatest commandment, Mark twelve thirty: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. I'm getting to the A plan, guys. This is the A plan. The A plan, there's all those other commandments, but if you fulfill this commandment, this A plan commandment, it'll, it'll, it'll bless all, it, you'll fulfill all the other commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. This is my A plan. Then Jesus opened their minds like Jeremiah said he would in Luke 24, 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses. It's God's a plan that we be witnesses. That we be a sign and a wonder with a voice, with a testimony in our heart, with some anointing in our hands, in our, in our voice. And declare as witnesses, Jesus is Lord. See, it's all about the A plan. What's the A plan? You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you uh, that which my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He's basically saying here, don't do anything without receiving this power from on high. I'm going to be crucified, that's right. You're going to be born again, but wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. Jesus was saying again, this is my A plan. It's not enough just to preach the gospel. It's not enough just to preach the gospel. You need my A plan promised Holy Spirit. So what have we got? Acts 1.4 says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my, of my Father's promise, which you have heard me speak about for john baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the holy spirit and then acts 1 8 says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and all judea and all samaria even under the ends of the earth even to tugger at the central coast and beyond and so peter preached the gospel three thousand were saved but it was because of this 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, I'm nearly done. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of believers. Why can't people hear the gospel you're preaching? Why can't people find their way to church? Why can't people believe in God? Because there's principalities and powers binding the atmosphere. Remember, God put us in the garden. 
He put us in the presence. If you're finding it hard to believe God, if your children are finding it hard to believe God, they may not be totally and fully in the presence of God. And so Jesus said, you're going to have a job on your hands, church. Do this. Wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Because when the promised Holy Spirit comes... It's going to reconfigure Jerusalem. The skies are going to crack open. My presence is going to come and people will be enlightened in their minds and their hearts. You will preach the gospel. Peter did. He preached the gospel. And literally 3,000 people were saved. Andrew, why people are getting saved in this church on the youth nights and on the Sundays is because of the presence of God. It's not so much about the gospel or the preaching. It's really about because the atmosphere is crackling. The atmosphere is crackling. Let's all stand. God bless you. But the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, which is the image of God. Do we have that PowerPoint of that wheel? Is there a wheel, Pauline? Did you? Yeah. And Matthew 6.33 is the classic A-plan scripture. (laughs) Matthew 6.33. Don't you love that? It's not enough just to believe in God. Jesus said, it's not enough to know that I am Lord. You've got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've got to wait for the fullness. You've got to be clothed with power from on high. I think this is one of the main deficits we have as a people of God. Do you know I'm running into more churches out there now who have done clever church, sensible church, seeker-sensitive church, no talking in tongues, no altar calls, no devils here, isn't there? Um, And now they're realizing they're very dry. They've dried up. Jeremiah says there's two systems. Why have you forsaken the system of life? And you've made your own system. Do you know what I'm saying? Your own well. Some people have made their own well, even through the Christian walk. They've, cre- they've made their own well. But there is only one well. The A plan is to drink from the well of life. There is a real well. And I found this distinction this week. I can't give you anything. Um, but, but ordinarily, we, we would say this. And I love this diagram we think linear somehow we think that God is at the top of the list and then comes our family and then our other things you know job church community but I love this because this tells it different this tells us that God is the center of our life God's a plan is that he would be center of all these areas of our life our wife children community church, job, education, relationships, finances. And if we go to God and go to the presence of God, go to the garden like mankind was intended, from that place of intimacy with God, all these other areas are fed. He is the vine. These these are like branches from the vine. And see, what man does especially says, no, I believe in my kids. And, and they get themselves all stuck out here. 
just in that whole aspect of life, that dimension of life. This is the best thing I can do. No. The best thing, men, you can do is go back to God. Your family comes from God. Your church comes from God. Your job, your education, your relationship, your finances, it all comes from God. And as you pursue God and are intimately connected with Him, He feeds all those areas. If you would come to God and sincerely worship Him and get with the A plan and say, God, you're God. You're the awesome God of the universe. I'm abiding in you. I love this scripture. Um, John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain, abide, dwell within my presence in me and I in them will produce much fruit. If we abide in God, men and ladies, if we abide in, man, in, in God, we, we will see every area, every area, every dimension of our life filled, blessed, anointed. It's like a bathtub. Imagine yourself as a bathtub and you're being filled, filled of God. And then you begin to overflow. And then it overflows into your family, into your marriage, into your finances, into your community, into your church. It begins to overflow as you go to God and be filled. The Bible says, be filled, be filled. Lord, fill us right now. Be filled. 